I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Milwaukee loses, and it's historic. We'll break that down. Now questions about Giannis. We've got odds. If he leaves Milwaukee, he's favored to go to the Miami Heat. Lakers won and covered last night. Now, 85% chance to advance for the Lakers. 6.30, early start, Boston-Toronto. Boston favored by two and a half, but late big money on Toronto. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, second day in a row, looking a little tired around the eyes, (laughs) Steve Fezzik. Usually you don't work Tuesdays. And I was burning the midnight oil with uh, NFL research. Oh, yes. Is... um, (laughs) When you get like your facials and you, your Junoderm and all that and the injections around your eyes, do, do you take those days off or how's that work? Oh, definitely take those days off. And then the shoe polish, that's just whenever. Yeah, in the that's hair. just late at night. Yes. And, and do they have different shades of shoe polish or it's just black, black like, like midnight black? Whatever my wife gives me, I put on. <laughs> hey, he's honest. <laughs> Speaking of honest. He's back after a well-deserved day off in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we are just a little more than 24 hours away from the start of the NFL season, we have a closeout situation potentially tonight in the NBA bubble. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? I'm going to go with Giannis. Usually it's odds-driven. We do have odds on it, but this is such a big story And what we're going to go over here, and we talked about it yesterday, is how historic Milwaukee losing in this round is. It's not just, oh, one of the three favorites with the Lakers and Clippers. One of the three favorites got beat. No, this is like something that doesn't happen every five years, every ten. It has happened never. Like This is a never kind of happened situation. And we're going to break that down, how big of a loss, how unlikely it is Milwaukee to lose in this round. What does it mean about the truth of Miami? Yeah, we'll talk about that. But also, where does Giannis go? I think there's a lot of questions here. Yeah, the reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, is leaving the NBA bubble, and he's got company. The Milwaukee Bucks will join him after they fall 103-94 to the Miami Heat last night. Miami wins the series in five games, advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. And we didn't have the benefit of your insight yesterday, Jonas. We talked about this a little, so maybe let's just start there. Is what's your impressions, and let me frame it very specifically, what's your impressions regarding the impact? How consequential is it that Milwaukee lost? When it comes to Giannis, 
in his career. Because to me, we can go back and say, well, Jordan didn't win it till year seven or eight. And LeBron didn't win it till year seven or eight, I think both in the same range. And of the great players, I mean, Duncan, I can't remember. What year would Duncan have won it? They won it. They were early. But Duncan wasn't the best player necessarily. You know, if you really think Kobe didn't win it for a while, it's just the idea that, oh, you better win the first couple times or there's big problems. It's not something that a Jordan fan would say is true. Right? Jordan's had a, the best career of all time, didn't win it for a while. Obviously, same thing with LeBron. But on the other hand, there is this narrative that, oh, my God, they didn't win it. He's got to get out of Milwaukee. What do you think the truth of it is? I, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction. Um, they didn't look good at all, and I'm not going to try and claim that they did. They actually looked like the lower seed in this series as opposed to, as opposed to vice versa. Miami was better from the start. But I, I don't think that we just all of a sudden say he's got to get out of there because this environment and this situation is so unique. If this were a normal season and they got to the postseason and looked like this, I would say, yeah, maybe we got to start making some changes and think about the future. I just don't know based on the uniqueness of what is happening in the NBA right now if you start making long-term adjustments based on this. You know, that's a take I haven't heard is we got to take this year with a grain of salt. We've said it, Steve, that, hey, the chance of a non-favor, and let's be clear, there were three favorites coming in, Clippers, Lakers, Milwaukee. Now, you had a, a Milwaukee ticket that you were ballyhooing for seemingly years, it seemed like. How are you feeling on that? Confetti. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you keep it for tax. <laughs> tax purposes. I mean, at least it's a tax deduction. Right? Every loss. Now, here's the thing about the government. They'll let you deduct your losses if it takes away wins. But if you lose in a year, deal with it. <laughs> How, how do you feel about that, Steve? It's been a good year. I, <laughs> I should not have ripped it up. <laughs> so, I think Jonas has a good point. Our point was, hey, typically the best team wins in the NBA more than any other sport in the playoffs. Why? Seven-game series? And the amount of luck in the games is less than, let's say, baseball or hockey, other seven-game series, where one swing of the bat can be three-eighths of the runs, three runs out of eight total. Where in basketball, no one play is worth more than three points out of 200-plus, typically. So think back, when's the last time other than last year in which there was catastrophic injuries for Golden State, when is the last time that it's like, boy, that best team didn't win the NBA title? It's almost every year they do, right? Right, yeah. I mean, it really is, if you go back in history and start, let's say, the modern era of 79-80, when Magic won his first one in his rookie year, is you can say one of the five or seven best players of all time were on 80% of the champions. There just wasn't these, there wasn't the 30 to 1 shots entering. The, and then even when they are, it ends up in hindsight, they were great. Like Gold State was a 20 to 1 underdog when they won their first title. But in hindsight, Maybe they shouldn't have been, right? right? And that's even rare, meaning usually it's Jordan comes in and he wins it. Shaq and Kobe come in and they win it. Duncan wins it. This year we thought, hey, maybe there's a chance for one of the second-tier teams to surge. And what we're seeing is Boston, a second-tier team, is now amongst the favorites. And we'll read those in a second. And also, if you look at it now, Miami, a second-tier team, 
has emerged as a first-tier team. What's the current title odds in the NBA? Clippers are favored, plus 185. Lakers, number two choice, plus 240. The Heat, number three, four to one. Jeez, Boston, four to one. Boston, five to one. So, what were the Heat entering? Let's say the bubble, or you know, some time period, uh, you know, before the playoffs. Forty to one, right as they entered the bubble. Wow. So forty to one to four to one. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a heck of a surge, but. <laughs> Eight and one, and the only loss was you know that close game in Game Four against Milwaukee. They handled Indiana, won every game by nine points. They're really playing great ball. Yeah, Celtics were twenty to one now, five to one. Jonas, who did you have in the Heat Milwaukee series? I had Miami. Oh, yeah. Fez, you did too. I did. So it's been. Oh, do you, are you going to act like <laughs> falsely modest right now? Paid for my Milwaukee loss. I mean, you're like I did. Yeah, <laughs> just say. I mean, like, like just say it. Listen, I'm as good. Maybe you should just tell the truth. Like, let's have 30 seconds where you tell the truth about how good you think you are. Oh my goodness! You caught me on the spot here. <laughs> no, I, I mean just, just really, just you shouldn't have to think about well, it. Just may I called an audible on this one. Not only did I go ahead and take Miami plus five in game one, but I said, you know what? This line looks crazy to me at plus three fifty. Guess who shows up for no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot dogging in? You man. I mean, why would he take Showtime with that, Jonas? <laughs> well, I, I mean, think he could... you also, uh, if you remember, you kind of painted him into a corner and challenged him on picking the Blazers in their series against the Lakers, and he did kind it. of in a corner. <laughs> I, no, I shoved him <laughs> in the corner, and he did it. So I think he was really motivated to get something right in the second round. Well, listen, and and the funny thing <laughs> is, he did call the audible because he liked it in Game One. So Steve Fazek, let's give him credit. He's been winning like you know. The funny thing is. He said this a long time ago, Jonas. He goes, you know, RJ, I never thought I'd be the underdog, but people like me because the way you beat up on me. It's like, <laughs> it makes you beloved. And, true or not? Oh, I'm a sympathy figure in our bets. People are rooting for me to win just so, hey, Fez, you haven't beaten RJ in like a month and a half. Good to see you maybe get this one. And let's be honest, you're not sympathetic. I mean, it no. took a Herculean effort. No. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about how unlikely it is that Milwaukee lost. And we said this yesterday. We'll say it quickly. It bears repeating. Net margin is how many points do you win by? So let's say, for example, you win by two in one game. You lose by two in the next. Your net margin is zero. Your average is zero. Now, if you win the third game by three, your net margin is one. Okay, think about that because there's a plus three over three games. Three divided by three equals one. Okay. So over time, there's only been a handful of teams that's had a net margin of double digits where they've averaged winning by 10 points or more. And there are these certain thresholds of net margin over the course of a season. Another way is to say point differential, in which if you're this good, you tend to win it. We thought, wait a minute, Milwaukee was mighty good last year. They didn't win it. They were mighty good even better this year. They didn't win it. So we said, let's take a two-year sample, because now we've got, what, 164 games to consider typically, though a few less this year. Who's been the best net margin teams of all time, and how did they do? Okay. Kareem's Bucks, 70 through 72, were the best. They won at least one title. The Bulls in 95 through 97, they won multiple titles. Golden State, 15 through 17, won titles. Golden State, 14 through 16, two-year periods, right? Titles. Chicago, 90 to 92, titles. 
the sixth best team in a two-year average of net margin, this Milwaukee's Bucks team over the last two years. These are some of the greatest teams of all. Think about it. Two from the Bulls, which is one of the greatest and all greatest dynasties ever in basketball, pre or post-Celtics. Golden State, maybe, if it's not the Bulls, the best dynasty ever, are four of the five top, top spots. Kareem in his prime in there. And then this team. So over regular season, this is one of the greatest teams we've ever seen. In fact, the top eight, the top eight two-year net margin teams won at least one title. Milwaukee being the exception at number six. I mean, Jones, first of all, did you have a sense beyond the math of Milwaukee being that dominant over the last two years? Yeah, I mean, I knew they were good, but I think you guys were the first ones to point it out. Just, no, 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 they're, they're not just good. They're historically good. Like, what we're watching is not, is not normal when it comes to the NBA, and that's why I think so many people just viewed them taking the next step now that Kawhi had left and gone to the Western Conference, and they were going to be that team to represent the East, and then everything got shut down, which is why I remember having a conversation with you guys on, on the air about the fact that even with all that time away, it was like the books still kept the same odds. There was no adjustment made, almost like they didn't know what to do. But, so they but, just but rolled what it would over. have been the rational adjustment in your mind? That's that's the thing. I just I thought, well, would they maybe figure in the fact that okay, well, it's been a shutdown. There's no home court advantage. There's no, and it didn't seem like they baked any of that into it. They just rolled over what was previously the odds set when the when there was the shutdown of the season. I mean, I, I think the one area I agree with you is the better teams should have been, or the higher seeded teams should have maybe not been as big of a favorite because of lack of advantage. But boy, that's a smidge, over, especially over the course of, you know, title odds. Should only matter if it's a seven game series, right? Well, it only would matter, yes. right? But, but again, it, it's meaningful too because. Having the first two games, if you get down 2-0, it's kind of tough, even though sure. in theory you just got to hold serve for a while. It's tough for teams to think like and that. And easier to get a sweep and have a shorter series as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually disagree with that. We can debate that when we have more – because my thinking is if you're close to a sweep-level team, you got a better chance of playing all neutrals because you're going to be seven, eight points better every game. When you're at their place in game three, that's the toughest yeah. one to win, right? Yes. So I actually think no home court advantage – um, make series shorter if it's a dominant situation from one of the teams. And we saw that in the East in all the 4-0 series. Yeah, it, it feels like it. because and, and plus, you don't have the travel. And, and again, this bubble has been fascinating to me because there's a lot of variables we just never deal with. And to me, as a gambler, the thing that interests me, that keeps me engaged with it, is I've been doing... Listen, I'm in my 40s. I started late 40s. I did this... Since I was 14. I started betting since I was 14. I bet almost every day since I was 14. Just the truth. Statute of limitations is up, so I'm fine. Is <laughs> I learn new things at least once a week, you know, if not multiple times. Imagine you're doing this for decades and decades, and there's still new stuff. This bubble was entirely new. I was fascinated by it. What we'll talk about in the weeks to come is the idea of the difference between a really good regular season team and a playoff a title winner is you might think it's the same but what we've seen is getting those tough buckets in those close games that you don't get in transition is what Giannis has struggled with and it's also quite frankly what uh, I think it's fair to say 
it's both the lack of transition, but it's also not having a number two. Can someone, if Giannis isn't the one, to, uh, think back to the old Jordan games. When they needed a shot, I wasn't a huge Jordan fan at the time, but like he had the ball. He might throw it to Kerr. He might do whatever. He had, Giannis doesn't even have that handle. He, he might not even have the ball at the end. Now, does that mean you can't win with Giannis? No, but it means you better have somebody that could take that ball at the end. And, I mean, from what I see, Milwaukee didn't have a title-level guy to be handling the ball. Like, like, even a Jimmy Butler was with Philly a while back and has been with Miami. Jimmy Butler, instead of Middleton, I think Milwaukee probably wins it. Yeah, and you nailed it. Middleton pretty much disappeared. He finally shot 50% for a game, but yeah, had a long he, stretch. He not only struggle. had a bad series, though, I agree, but he also isn't the type of player that you want to run your offense through down one with 30 seconds yes. left. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. You agree, Jonas? Yeah, it seems like at late in games, yeah, that's still the missing ingredient for Giannis to where you look at a Kevin Durant, who's a really lanky guy like Giannis, his handle is so much better, so you trust him being able to make a shot. And, and and I think you're absolutely right. And I, well, listen, it's going to be fascinating because they're paying Middleton almost, I think, that money, right? Yes. So if he can't do it, that's bad planning to say, hey, we need this one thing because our superstar doesn't have it. Shouldn't your number two have it if you're giving him max or close to it? Well, we'll keep talking about that in weeks to come. Next, though, Lakers won and covered. Now it looks like a battle with the Clippers in the conference finals. That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. To get in the zone, AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show. You always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a look at a pivotal game six and a possible elimination game coming up in the bubble. Yeah, and money pouring in on the Raptors. But Celtics got a little late money here. Just popped to three. This one is uh, pull up the popcorn. I think uh, Kevin Love just tweeted that. He may be right. Great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we're now into what we're going to make sure is guaranteed the best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeart radio app just search straight out of vegas right now in vegas on the strip oh it's finally cooling down fez 81 degrees the neon is flowing and rj we will get to that line move because it did just take place as we were coming back from break in the celtics raptors game first though want to let you know we are brought to you by autozone autozone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day pickup you can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5700 autozone locations in store or curbside visit autozone.com today to start your job fast get in the zone autozone celtics raptors game six coming up here in a little over 10 minutes from now and just a couple of moments ago the line jumped from boston minus two and a half now the celtics are minus three what source is that jonas that's pregame.com where you oh okay we gotta make sure we got the right info here (laughs) (laughs) and we do have up there live odds it's uh as fast or faster 
any live odd service, and you can get the bet splits on the game. So here's an example. 70% of the cash on the Boston Celtics, and the percentage of the tickets, 76%. So what that means is, and that's an interesting number, is when there's a big difference there, there might be the big bets are one way, small bets are another. This seems to be majority of people, clearly, both on the Celtics with the money and in the ticket count, Fez, who do you like? I like Toronto in this game. So you game. like them? I do like them. All right, now is this a hedge? Because you're th- <laughs> cause think about this. You and I have a bet, even though it probably won't come to you know fruition, as in if the Celtics win the title, you win the bet, and it's big money. And you know, I think it's like sixteen hundred bucks or whatever. If I win the bet, I think I get even more if Toronto wins it. So you figure, okay, I'm going to pick the Raptors. If they lose, yeah, we'll say that, like, Raptors. But then it'd be like, I won the bet, everyone. I'm Fezzik. Ah! And then vice versa, you're fine. So it feels like a hedge potential. Now, I got to give you credit for this, because I think you're going to agree with me, because you bring up the excellent point, line value. Boston opened up game one. Boston was plus two. They were the underdog. So they were what? Plus two. Plus two. Now, think about that. Neutral court. So you don't have to convert to home team or any of that. Is they were saying the market Vegas that Boston was the inferior team. All right, now the line is Celtics three, so it's like effectively a five point swing. Saying since game one till now, we have reevaluated the net difference between Boston and Toronto, and we believe we were five points wrong. Oh, I don't know, ten days ago. Other than injury. What's the biggest you could imagine two teams playing each other? And oh, by the way, one team winning three out of five and the other team winning two out of five. So one net win extra over 10 days. What could be the net difference in power ratings in the regular season? One point. That's what I think. So how do we have a situation where you can only smidge adjust one way, smidge adjust? So let's say you say Boston, and let's go hog wild. Let's say you're drinking Boone's Farm wine, and you're like, okay, that's I drank growing up. Yeah, Boone's Farm out. You know, Country Quencher was mine. Is your drink? I mean, you know, it was all legal. <clears throat> West Virginia. You know, right there in West Virginia. Who knows what the drinking age was? <laughs> That's Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. But if you think about it, let's say it's a point difference. So Celtics plus a point, Toronto minus a point. Well, that's two points. How in the heck has it moved five points? I don't think it's justifiable. I don't think it is either. I think what's happened is that these games are getting so much hype. They're all on national TV. But every, every, hold the thing. That's what you said yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what NBA playoff games aren't on national TV? They're all on national. So TV. then every year there should be NBA playoff series where you adjust the power ratings, adjust five points over the course of five games. They just aren't the case. That's we, true. We always talk about, oh, this team's up 3 1. But you know what? This line's pretty much what it was earlier because the market hasn't reevaluated. In this case, and in the Miami-Milwaukee case, massive reevaluation in both series. Absolutely massive. And think about the difference between a plus two and a minus three. Think about when Boston, people said, oh, Toronto threw in that miracle three-pointer. That's the only reason they won game three. Well, they still would have covered plus three if that miracle didn't go in. Right, RJ? That's the professional insight you expect from Steve Fezzik. He'll tell you five points Occasionally, it will fall within that five-point corridor. I agree. (laughs) Jonas, let me ask you, as the Joe, and that's a great role for us, because you think like a knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than me, sports fan, but you're not a professional batter. You don't think only in bats. You're a fan. 
Do you think that your or is your opinion of Toronto significantly less than it was when this series started relative to Boston? It's less, but I would still, and this is probably bad news for Fezzik, I, I would take Toronto getting the three points in this spot. I just think championship pedigree, I know they lost Kawhi, but there's a lot of guys there with a lot of pride who came out really, really flat. You talk about the zigzag in these series all the time. You lean towards the team that came out and looked really bad last game, and Toronto looked awful last game. You can argue the worst they've looked in a couple of years in the playoffs. And so for that, I would go with, with Toronto, although I think it's been shown that Boston Boston's far and away the better team this series. I'm not sure that's been shown over over this five games, yes. But you know what I'm going to do? When Jonas went on it, I was going to not go. But I I like this place so much, even that isn't bucking me. Come on, baby, $80,000! I'm going triple shot on this. Raptors plus three. Fez, you're on it? Yes. Jonas is on it. Now, this is going in his official record. Yeah. He's now three and six in the last. <laughs> I, I think tomorrow's our anniversary show. It's the two year anniversary. Is I think it? the time. Wow. Oh, Fez, you won't even be here. We're going to have cake. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe at least a cupcake. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. What was your thought, Jonas, on the Lakers? last night they looked awesome uh and and it was a a huge game obviously the percentages uh, favor in a seven game series if you're tied at one game apiece the game three is critical uh just looking at the chances and the odds of them winning the series and lebron came out he was awesome rondo who's been getting crushed by laker fans the past two years he was awesome and so for that i just think it, it, it looks like they've got another gear especially late that houston doesn't have because Russell Westbrook still just can't seem to figure it out in the fourth quarter of games. Fez, watching the game, and you commented on it to me last night, is LeBron's energy level. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he scored 29 in the first half. That was obvious. 29 in the first half. He was on offensively. But think about it. Most of the time you see a superstar going off like that, maybe defense suffers. But I saw a defensive effort from LeBron. i got to be honest, RJ. This was one of the best defensive games I've seen LeBron play. Not this year. Ever. He had four blocks, and his effort that he put forth in this game was just incredible. A lot of those blocks come from behind where he outran the offensive player and got the block at the uh, window. Yeah, I agree, and I think it bodes well for the future because you might say these are professionals, they're making millions of dollars, they should play hard every game. Just look at game two in the Clippers series. It doesn't, it just, no, the Clippers, I think, are more susceptible to letdowns than most teams, but every team lets down. And you can say, oh, lazy player. Maybe, but there, I mean, you watch the, or you look back at the Celtics-Lakers series in the 80s, there were times teams lost by 40 in those games. Sure. And to me, being able to handicap that is a big part of the zigzag and big part of the NBA playoffs. But when LeBron is playing with full energy, and he, LeBron's a brilliant PR guy. He understands it's hard to write about lack of defense in December or January. It's hard to quantify. If he scores eight points, they can write about that. But if he puts up 22 and plays bad D, it's hard to write about it. Mm-hmm. And thus he gets a pass in a way. But when he does play, and, and at a certain age, you can't play hard on both ends of the floor the whole game. You just physically don't have the energy. If LeBron has that energy for a majority of the games in any given series— 
He's playing as well. I mean, that's the question. And maybe I'll ask you and ask Jonas next. LeBron last night, has he ever played better? Oh, no. He you know, was... You're saying defense, but I'm saying offense too. Yeah, absolutely. There was the game six in 2012 against the Celtics where they were facing elimination. Mm, elimination, yeah. Yeah, yep. I think that's the, probably the greatest game. But last night was definitely one of them. He was awesome. So the theory is, is does one night make a, a, a playoff run? No, but if he has that in him, it's hard to say, oh, no way he'll have that in him in a game seven in the finals. So this is one of the greatest players of all time, still at his peak at the age he is. Let's give him a massive amount of credit. He's been a vanguard, LeBron, when it comes to his own health, his own longevity. And I have no reason to say, oh, Germany, blood cell. I mean, I have no idea, <laughs> but it doesn't seem like that. And I think we just got to tip our hat to him. And one thing about Houston, and if they do end up losing, there'll be a postmortem, obviously. But Houston had the same number of three shot last night as the Lakers. And Houston made two more. So net-net on just three-pointers, Houston was plus six. When you lose a game by 10 and you're plus six on threes, means you got beat pretty bad. So it feels like the concern was, oh, Portland, they are going to be the best, toughest 1-8 ever. Well, dispatched. <laughs> they said, Fez, you had Portland. We don't care. Then it's like, Houston, this is their kryptonite. It's the outside shooting. LeBron, they got those. If only they had Bradley, but they don't have. Doesn't seem like Houston's causing them much trouble. Not saying they're going to win it, but boy, the Clippers who turn it on and off are getting so much love. Lakers look just as good, if not maybe better so far. Closing word, Fez. Yeah, and the reason that the Lakers are the number two to win the title and Clippers number one, I think a whole lot of that is the harder path. Houston still has a chance to beat the Lakers in the series, and the Clippers um, pretty much a lock to, well, not a lock, but very short. Well, just give me 10,000 to one, and I'll bet you five (laughs) There you go. So not a lock. Not a lock, but Ah, much more likely. Much more likely. I want you to tell us exactly mathematically the chance of the Lakers losing and the chance of the Clippers losing. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Now, occasionally, Fez has to break it out. Abacus is date back thousands of years into at least the Greek culture. What are the odds of the Lakers losing uh, this round? 15%. And what are the odds of the Clippers losing? 5%. So no locks there, though. No locks. A 10% difference. You really think the Lakers have a 15% chance to lose? That's what Vegas odds say. Do you disagree? No, I agree. Hmm. I think it's particularly concerning for the Rockets that Harden had 33, Westbrook had 30. So 63 between the big two. They win plus six and three-pointers, and they get beat by double digits. Not good, as Chevy Chase would say. Yeah, Rockets played very well and got beat badly. (laughs) Well, at least some of the signs (laughs) looked well. You're true. That would be scary if it were true. When we come back, the number two team in the NFL, literally, we'll be talking about, and Fez has a prop best bet on them. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, we have been counting down 32 all the way to team number one in our NFL 2020 season previews. We are now at team number two, and that team is the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Ravens number two. By the way, one of the nice things about being in Vegas, right next to the Strip, sometimes people just wander in. Matty Holt is in. He has a mic pulled up, U.S. Integrity, former bookmaker. He's one of the better ones of that bunch. But now Integrity is his game. And I figure I've been beating up on Fez enough. Maybe Matty will have a little counterpunch. Let's hear what is your pick over under Ravens, by the way, the win total, 11 and a half out of 16 games. What do you got? Lean over 11 and a half wins, and it's all about this Raven team actually being a little underrated, RJ. People forget this Ravens team was playing as well as any team in the NFL second Whoa, half of on. the year. They were playing as good as any team in the NFL has ever played. Yeah, it was just incredible. Yeah, but that's very different than like he had, they had a six-week stretch that they were as good as anyone in the NFL. They were as good as anyone in the history of the NFL over about an eight-week stretch. If you just look at the ATS margin, what was the spread? How much did they win by? It was historic, the Ravens. Yes, 10-0 straight up, 9-1 against the spread. And they weren't playing cupcakes. They were beating teams like the 49ers, Seattle, New England, and the Rams. And they had many double-digit ATS wins. So this team last year... Unequivocally, the Ravens were better. Their performance last year was better than the Chiefs up until the playoffs. Absolutely right. But it's just a lean, and here's why. That unique offense that Baltimore runs. Now we've had a year. Teams go ahead and got to see more film. They get to go ahead and game plan for it. And because of that, and let's face it, 11.5 is a sky-high number. Well, I'm, I'm, confu- 11 and I'm confused. What offense did they run in 2018, Baltimore, in the second half of the year? Same offense. So they had the offseason to try to address it. How'd they do last year, the opponents? But this is the year they're going to figure it out. And Harbaugh's been in a coma, I'm guessing, not thinking of any counter moves. Mm, and you know he'll have counter moves. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So why do you like the uh, – I'm confused why it's just the lean, other than you're just risk-averse. You know, as a pro, better playing over 11.5. If anything goes wrong, any key injury to Lamar Jackson, you're dead in the water. It's a good point. With COVID – the chance of a team having a week, it's almost like a, a forced loss, goes up, right? So I, in general, am less inclined. I think I agree. Oh, I know I agree with you. Big, big totals, I don't want to go over, either in player props or on team wins. And the other point I would make is when six of your 16 games come against your division opponents, you have to look at what's the feel of the division. And the consensus in the marketplace this year is that both Cleveland and Pittsburgh are better than last year. And if that's true, you have to imagine the idea of going 4-0 and against those teams dramatically decreases. And the other side of it is everyone talks about this Baltimore schedule and how easy it is. And I agree, but there are three easiest games, the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Bengals, come in the last three weeks of the season, and it's also very possible with, with any delays. Locked to, up. Yeah, that well, they're it locked could be up. They're locked up, and they're not playing hard. That, Correct. Like that they're years. resting starters at that point. Suddenly, those games aren't as much of a lock if Lamar Jackson and all the starters are on the bench. So that I mean, just the, the counteractive to the over eleven and a half. Matty Holt, usintegrity.com. Fez, you lean over. But you got a best bet on a prop. Yeah, prop bet Lamar Jackson under 975 rush yards, RJ. And I got to be honest, this is a gut pick. 
Lamar Jackson 1,200 rush yards last year, so he's going to have to rush a lot less to go under 975. So what's what's driving your gut? You know, I see a quarterback in the NFL at 1,000 yards, and it's just so high, he has to stay healthy, he has to rush the ball a dramatic amount, and I just think everything has to go right for him to get there. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's what causes me not to like your pick. I don't like the over, but I don't like the under rush yards either, and here's why. This is his contract year, effectively. A great quarterback after year three, they're going to re-sign him. If he has a monster year, Lamar Jackson will get signed for what? $350, $400 million? If he has a stinker, who knows what they do? Maybe they don't even, maybe they get his 50 year option and wait a year. This could be generational wealth. And what happens when a running quarterback feels like the stakes are higher? What do they do? They run. Yeah. They run. So I'm not sure that is the one thing I'd say to counteract. Matt, real quick, we got 30 seconds. You said the action Monday Night College Football just blew your mind. Unbelievable. BYU-Navy, two non-Power 5 teams yet the handle on that game in an isolated national TV situation, almost equivalent to a Monday Night Football NFL game. That's one of the advantages of U.S. integrity. He gets to see all the data come in, and we get to take advantage of it. Thank you, Jonas. Good, great show, everybody. Absolutely. Straight out of Vegas has been brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. If you missed any of today's show, check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time for night one of the NFL season right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of- Vegas!